Hey, it's Preston here, and welcome to the Pomsky 101 podcast, the official podcast of the Pomsky Owners Association, a leading authority for the Pomsky dog breed. Our community of Pomsky breeders and owners is dedicated to first, helping you find the perfect Pomsky through a reputable breeder, and second, helping you raise and train the perfect Pomsky. So have you ever wondered if you're overpaying or underpaying for a Pomsky or why prices differ so much when you look online? So today we have Mike Johnson from Purely Pomsky's out of Virginia, and he's joining us to help us better understand what goes into Pomsky pricing, what red flags to look for, and what questions to ask breeders when it comes to pricing. So thanks for joining us, Mike. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Well, I, I appreciate the offer, and uh, it's an honor for me to participate in this. And uh, uh, I've, I've listened to some of the other podcasts, and uh, it's exciting for me to participate and also to, to listen to the other breeders and to hear their different perspectives on, on things. Uh, uh, it just shows how diverse the, the Pomsky breeding world is right now, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to, to be a part of this. Awesome. Well, we're excited to get your point of view and your perspective and expertise on, on the topic today, and uh, glad you're enjoying the podcast, the other podcast episodes so far. So when it comes to pricing, when people search online for a Pomsky, they will likely come across a wide range of prices, which can be confusing. For consumers so before getting into like everything that goes into Pomsky pricing today i just want to talk about a general range on the low end when should shoppers be skeptical that they're getting a legitimate Pomsky? so you know, that's a very good question uh in my opinion with the market right now i would say fifteen hundred dollars is is probably the bottom line. Uh, if you see any under that, you're, you know, you should be cautious. Uh, you know, I, I have people stealing my information all the time. And when I go out to the website, you know, it's really clear because they're asking $750 for a perfectly marked blue eyed, you know, micro Pomsky. So, um, you know, if you see something under $1,500 to me, that that's, that's really a red flag. Yeah. And for our listeners who haven't heard us talk about scams before, if you're paying less than, you know, that 1500 mark that Mike is talking about and you get down into the hundreds, there's a few situations. Sometimes people take your money. You never see a dog. Sometimes you pay for what you think is a Pomsky, but it's not a Pomsky, right? It could be 100% Husky or have other breeds mixed in. And so that's what you're dealing with on the lower end. Sometimes some puppy mills. Um, which, you know, have some unethical breeding and can result in, in poor Pomskis or uh, having other mixes involved. So, so anyways, that's, that's why we're talking about that low end range and being skeptical. Is there any other, did I miss anything there, Mike? No, I, I think it's spot on. And I think it kind of goes back to um, the podcast with Zadie uh, where, you know, it's so important to find a good breeder um, and, and, for the most part, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And, and if you're looking for a Pomsky at that price range, you are begging for someone to take advantage of you and to scam you uh, out of money. And I've actually talked to people on the phone who have been scammed out of thousands of dollars. And, um, 
and the red flags were there after I after I did some research for them. But um, that's why I think it's important for these podcasts uh, for our Pomsky owners, uh, so they can feel confident uh, and safe and secure when when dealing with a breeder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's that's one of our goals at the POA is to really make sure we're weeding out those scammers, uh, really helping people find legitimate quality Pomskis from, from reputable breeders. So I, I didn't say this at the onset, but I, I wanted to thank you, uh, Preston and, and the association, um, for what you do. I, I meant to say that at the start, um, uh, this is a prime example of, of why it's important, why you guys are important. And, um, uh, it's, it's a thankless job, I'm sure. Um, but to protect the integrity of the breed, uh, it's 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 vital, and and I, I hope uh, you guys can, can continue to grow. I know several of my owners have uh, have joined, so um, I look forward to what you guys uh, are are planning for the future. And and the kickoff of this podcast is is a good example of that. So so thank you for the time that you invest into this, and how you give back to the Pomsky community. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, di- diving back into pricing. So a lot of people think Pomskis are expensive. Is that actually true when it comes to designer dog breeds? It, it's not. Um, obviously, expense is relative to you know to each person. Um, but when you compare these dogs to other designer breeds, they're you know they're not as expensive as some. They are more expensive than others, but. Um, I will tell you this, anybody that owns a Pomsky, when they go out in the public, they can't walk two steps without getting stopped. I mean, <laughs> they literally stop traffic. I mean, this, you know, and when I, I, I think about comparing them to French Bulldogs because price wise, the Frenchies are a little more, can be a little more expensive, but I have to tell you, if you're if if you're walking down the street and you're walking a, a French bulldog and a Pomsky nine times out of 10, people are going to gravitate to the Pomsky because they're just, they're unique. You know, a lot of people want to own a Husky, but they don't want a dog that's that big. That's that energetic. And, you know, uh, a shout out to the, the, the pioneers of the, of the breed. Uh, I'll mention Tressa uh, Peterson from Apex Pomskys uh, who helped us get started it was a perfect match in my opinion. And they, um, they're worth every penny of it. And and I'll be honest with you, Preston, I have people buying their third dog from me and actually a person getting their sixth dog from me. So, um, that's just how incredible the breed is. And everybody that ever gets one, they're like, wow, these dogs are incredible. Now keep in mind, that's from my purview and from the owners that I deal with obviously there are some people who get some dogs from different situations and it may not be the same situation for them, but for the most part, from an ethical breeder uh, who spends a lot of time socializing their dogs, you're getting, you're getting the cream of the crop and you're getting something that, that is not available to everyone. So anytime there's something like that, obviously it's going to cost more. Yeah. Well, visually they're stunning and, We've had a couple of podcasts about their personality and their energy. They are fun, loving, uh, silly, right? So Very. they're just an amazing dog breed. Yes. From what every, every breeder and owner, most owners uh, mentioned. So 
in general, why are designer dog breeds more expensive? Again, I think it goes back to, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, pushback uh, from AKC breeders and purebred breeders uh, for designer dogs. So uh, a lot of times people are afraid to get into it because you can't find a breeder willing to sell you uh, one of those foundation dogs. So first of all, it's difficult to get a new designer breed, if you will, started. Um, and then a lot of times, especially in, in the Pomsky uh, situation, you're taking two dogs completely different sizes and, and putting them together in order to create, basically the idea was to create a mini Husky. And, um, and, and to me, the ideal Pomsky is just that. It looks just like a Husky, but it's yeah. in a small package. So um, yeah, like, you know, the uh, Golden Doodles and Labradoodles are a big, uh, are a big, uh, you know, designer breed. And I believe, you know, I think those were also created because of the hypoallergenic uh, nature mm-hmm. uh, of the poodle. So, so, you know, some people want um, a dog, a bigger dog and they, but they want to have a dog that doesn't shed or doesn't, uh, doesn't affect people with allergies. So, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, um, uh, there are some that, that, are a flop to me, if you will. Um, uh, it's like, I, I don't know why anybody would put those two together, but again, I think, uh, I think the pioneers, um, got very lucky with this. And, uh, uh, I know we started following apex not long after, uh, she started breeding and, and we were in love from, from the moment. Uh, and it took my wife about a year to talk me into buying one, but, um, <laughs> we, we were, we were, we were hooked after that. Yeah, very cool. Hey, Preston here with a little aside. If you've made it this far, you are probably serious about either one, finding the perfect Pomsky or two, raising and training the perfect Pomsky. We have people like you joining our Pomsky Owners Association every day. So if you'd like more resources and benefits in your quest to find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky, you can head over to pomskyownersassociation.com. From available Pomsky listings, Uh, across the country to buying checklists, to training resources, and much more. We really are dedicated to continuously helping you find and train the perfect Pomsky. And now let's get back to the episode. Let's get into the nitty gritty on pricing. What goes into Pomsky pricing? So I'm going to speak for myself um, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak generally also. I don't want to offend any other breeder out there because everybody has their own reason for doing things. Um, uh, but you know, the, the APKC, the American Pomsky Kennel Club has some, some very good information on their website. It talks about the startup cost for breeding, uh, Pomskys. Um, and you know, that story is different for every person. We, we went the traditional route with a Husky starting off. Um, our first litter was actually a Pomerani or a, Pom, a Husky bred to a male Pomsky, from Apex, and then we got a, our our um, Pomeranian afterwards, and did the standard first generation uh, puppies. So, initially, your co- your startup costs are buying your foundation dogs, um, and as is, is listed on the APKC website, um, people pay up to ten thousand dollars sometimes for uh, for foundation dogs. I will tell you, I have paid as much as nine thousand for a dog. So 
um, the startup price is is one thing. Then for the first generation, you have your uh, artificial insemination, or some people do transcervical insemination, or some do surgical insemination. But that first generation has to be done uh, artificially. The the female has to be a husky, and the male has to be a Pomeranian. Obviously, otherwise, it, it could cause some serious health issues and possibly cause death to to the the puppies and to uh, to the mom, if you were to do it in reverse order. So, um, yep. and then, you know, if, if you do it right, you're buying a, a lot of, uh, like I have capability to set up five kennels in my basement. Uh, that's fencing, that's whelping boxes, um, you know, and just to give you an idea of some of the expenses, uh, we just did our taxes. My food bill last year for dog food alone was $3,000. Um, my vet bills were over $6,000. So, um, so, you know, I know some people don't understand, but it's just not buying two dogs and mating them, you know, and letting the mom raise the puppies. Um, for us, I will tell you the pricing for us is what it is because of the time that we spend with the dogs. Um, we, one of our claim to fames, if you will, is, we literally spend 24 seven with our puppies from the time they're born until the time they leave. Somebody sleeps in the nursery at all times. And um, that's not common. You know, not everybody can do that. Some people have jobs, um, but we value that time. And, and in return, people are getting a dog that's well socialized. They're um, confident they're about 85% potty trained. Some are fully potty trained when they go home and you don't have all the issues that you sometimes see on some of these boards where there's food aggression or there's toy aggression or uh, they can't get the dog to stop going potty in the house. So, um, you know, that's valuable for someone to get a dog that's well socialized. Um, and on top of that, you know, we try to produce beautiful dogs as well. So um, yeah. I think that those are the most important things that people consider uh, when they're selling dogs. And now don't get me wrong. There are some people out there that aren't doing all those things and, um, yeah. and they're charging possibly the same or maybe even a little less. And I'll go back again to your podcast on finding a good breeder. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's the biggest step in, in this process uh, it's just doing your research. And, you know, if you can find a breeder where you can, you can see that they take care of their dogs, that their dogs are pets, you know, um, I think a red flag is if you see someone that only posts pictures of their puppies that they have, and they don't show any interaction with the adults, they don't show the dad, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's, that's a, a key to look for, for, um, a good breeder. Not that that's the topic, but I, I just think it's important and, and it, and it helps people to understand um, why uh, Pomsky's are priced the way they are because time is money. And, and that's yep. what we invest into our, our litters. Yeah. Yeah. So to summarize, you have these startup costs, which I will link to the APKC's information on that. I think that'll be great. You've got those startup costs. You've got these ongoing costs every year, uh, the food, the vet costs, um, everything else, supplies, and and then your time. Um, good breeders who socialize and really work with the puppies and have them ready to go, maybe potty trained or close to potty trained. 
that's valuable. That, that's a lot of time. Um, so yeah, that was very, very enlightening to hear, hear all that goes into that. Why do prices differ within a litter? So for us, we base our price on, on three different things. It's eye color, marking, and in some cases, size. If, if we get into the toy size, which you can find the standards for the, for the toy mini and um, uh, standard on the APK KC website as well. Um, but a, a toy size is uh, under 10 inches tall and up to 14 pounds. Um, we do charge a premium for those because they're rare. And, and about 60% of our, our customers want a really, really small. They want a pocket Pomsky is what they want. They want a dog that they can take with them put it in a big purse um, and, and, and take it wherever they go. Um, so I'll give you an example. So uh, in, a, in our pricing, an all white dog is going to be much less than a Husky Mark dog. So I'll give you an example. If I have a litter and there are many or standard size dogs, uh, one is white with blue eyes and one is black or gray, whatever, and white with a Husky marking. The white dog is going to be 4,000. The Husky Mark yeah. dog is going to be 5,000. Now, and then, and then they go down in price from that on eye color. If you have one brown eye and one blue eye, two yeah. brown eyes, party eyes, um, that, that will dictate the price. Now, there are some breeders that sell their dogs mm -hmm. before their eyes open. Um, I can't possibly fathom that <laughs> as, as, as I consider myself a buyer from time to time too. Um, that's a big sell for a lot of my clients. They're, they're, you know, the blue eyes are, are, uh, are very important. I know that may sound vain to some people, but people want what they want. And, um, if you can produce a dog that's healthy, uh, it's good structured and it has blue eyes on top of it. Why not, you know, give them the best of all of those aspects. So, um, th that's, that's what we put into, uh, into pricing, um, when we, when we mark our puppies and we wait until four weeks old, until we're fairly confident that we can confirm that their eye color is what it is and it won't change, um, before we actually, uh, put a price on our puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like some simple supply and demand economics, right? Yes. There's probably a lower supply of the blue eyes, husky markings, small and high demand on those dogs. So, yes, yes. And those are the ones that you see that are just stunning, at least in my opinion. Right. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So what types of pricing questions should buyers be asking their breeder or if they're shopping between breeders, two or three breeders, you know, what, what can they ask when it comes to pricing? Um, a couple of things. First of all, um, have their, have the parents of the litter been embark tested? Um, okay. That's extremely important. Um, several of the breeders are doing further health testing. Um, you can ask that question. That's not a, it's not a requirement. Um, there are very, very few genetic issues that the, the two foundations dogs have. Um, I can tell you, uh, out of the hundred dogs that I have bred over 100 puppies that we've bred, I've had one, uh, hip issue. I have had not had any uh, patella issues. That seems to be a bigger issue in the Pomsky, uh, in the Pomsky world. So, um, the, the health and, uh, embark, uh, testing is, 
is a, a question. Um, I would ask where the puppies are raised. Uh, are they raised outside in a kennel? I'm not knocking that. Um, but I would want to know, um, you know, how the puppies are cared for during the day. Are they raised underfoot? Um, um, I would ask, you know, I think it's important to find out what they're fed, uh, when they're small, um, uh, and really, I, th I think for the most part, the pricing question is, um, is not something that's very common to me, to be quite really? honest with you. Yeah. I don't have a lot of people asking me why my prices are like they are. I think I do a pretty good job on the webs our website of, of explaining that. And again, it goes back to you're buying a designer dog. You're buying something that not everybody has access to, um, especially in today's world where everybody is a want it now, buy it now. Uh, you know, that's the mentality. And they're, um, for the most part, uh, most of the time, you can't do that. Now, the market is kind of flooded right now. So there are some breeders that are having dogs and having dogs longer than they normally would. Um, yeah. But that's uncommon. And I think, you know, I think that's going to pick back up. And I, I know you're going to ask that question a little later, probably. But um, yes, the market is suffering a little bit right now. We have not experienced that. Um, I'm on the East Coast, and it's a different market than you know, I believe anywhere else. So uh, that does play a uh, that does play a part in pricing for some people. Uh, you know, if you're in the Midwest or in the South, you may not be able to get um, the same price as as a, another breeder, and you may be creating just as quality of a dog as them. But it's simply because of where you're located. Yeah. So I think that all makes sense. Um, really helpful information. Uh, I think at the end of the day, as a buyer, you have to think about, okay, what's important to me? Um, what am I willing to pay? What's, what's important that's going to impact how much I'm willing to pay? You know, is it how much time the breeder spends in socializing and getting the puppies ready? Then they can look for that breeder and, and they should be willing to pay for a premium for, for things that they want, right? I think um, that's a great point. And I think that's the most important thing you can tell people is it all starts with, you know, what are you willing to pay? How much can you afford? And then find a breeder that can provide what you're looking for at that price range. I have a lot of people who come to me who really want a dog from me and they don't want to pay that, that price. And I will refer them to people who I know and I trust who may be at a lower price point. Uh, and, you know, I, I believe that's important in the Pomsky world for us to work with other breeders because, Obviously, we all think we're the best, but uh, I will tell you there are a lot of breeders that I respect and, and refer to people to all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I like to see that. Okay, so back to your point on the market being flooded. Do you see, yeah, talk about that a little bit more. And do you see prices changing at all in the future in either direction? So, again, this is my opinion. Um, the market is flooded right now, uh, and that that is because of a couple of things. First of all, um, there are breeders out there who are are selling dogs uh, indiscriminately without uh, a spay and neuter contract. Um, mm -hmm. People who don't have any experience are buying two dogs, and they're breeding them. and And I have to be honest; I have never seen so many new pop up breeders. Uh, in my life. Uh, and it, it, it has caused a problem 
for some because uh, a lot of those breeders are not doing the things that we discussed as to why a Pomsky is is uh, is expensive, and then they're undercharging for their dogs, and so naturally that's going to impact you know the market. Now I believe that uh, time will weed out those those types of breeders because number one breeding is not easy. Um, yeah. It's the hardest thing that I've done. I mean, my wife and I literally have not been on vacation since January of 2020. And it's not because of COVID it's because wow. we've literally had maybe two weeks between now and then that, that we didn't have puppies in our house. So, um, so it's not for the faint of heart. I, uh, again, but if you do it the way we're doing it, I say that because again, we're, uh, I know, I know breeders that have jobs and they go to work during the day. Um, they may have puppy cams or whatever. Um, but you know, uh, I, we don't, we don't believe in that. So, um, again, I, I, I think the market is, is definitely flooded. I've seen people have Pomskis that I would sell for $5,000 selling them for $2,500 and I'm talking reputable breeders. So, um, it's, it, it is flooded. I personally think it will level out. I, I think uh, some breeders may have to drop their prices. Uh, um, and, and again, the cream always rises to the top. Uh, yeah. And, you know, a reputation is, is worth a lot. And if you, if you establish yourself as a good breeder and you have great customer service and you have people coming back to you for more dogs, you're going to, you're going to survive. Uh, you're, yeah. you're going to, you're going to do just well. Um, you know, Zadie mentioned something in her podcast about um, location of a breeder is not necessarily that important. And I agree to that. Uh, I agree with that to an extent, but in mm -hmm. our situation, it's, it's been very beneficial to us because uh, we are one of those breeders that allows people to come to our home and visit uh, the puppies uh, in a safe manner when they're old enough. Uh, and that's what some people, that's important to some people. Um, to, to some people it's not, but to us, it's an opportunity for them to see where we live, to see where the puppies are raised and to see that there's not one kennel outside in my backyard. So the dogs are never, ever kept outside. So I, I, I do believe the market is flooded. I, I believe people are dropping their prices, but I do believe that um, if the economy gets back on track, that that'll pick up as well. Yeah, and, and I think maybe the other thing we've seen on the demand side is during COVID, a lot of people purchased dogs, pets in general. And so a lot of people fulfilled that need or that want during that time. And so demand may be down a little bit, but I, I think also that that'll come back uh, fairly soon, like you said, as the market picks up and and just as people, um, you know, their their dogs or pets get older or they're looking for a new one or they want their second or third dog, you know, I think that demand's going to pick up again. So that may be another factor there. I think another thing that will help too is that the Pomsky breed is still fairly new. So you know, I go a lot of places and, and people don't know what they are. So um, I, I'm just waiting for somebody to sell one to a very big star, you know, that, that we can get some advertising out there with. Uh, uh, and yeah, I know Ivanka bought one, um, uh, a Pomsky, uh, but we didn't get a real big bump off of that. So, you know, I, I wish like 
Holly Berry or somebody like that would buy a Pomsky and we could get some some advertising out of it. So you're saying the POA should go spend some time in uh, Hollywood or or uh, work work our connections to get there somehow. That that would be very wise. It, it really would. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Really good information. Really good perspective and insights. Uh, anything else you want to say about pricing? Yeah, you know, we talked about the low point, um, but we didn't talk about the high point, the high yeah. price point. Um, and I don't want to offend anyone uh, who may be charging more than we do, but uh, in my opinion, there's really no reason to go above five or six thousand uh, dollars yeah. for a Pomsky. There's absolutely nothing any other breeder is doing uh, that warrants a price that high. And in some cases, mm-hmm. it's simply because they've they've um, developed a following and and uh, have gotten to the point where they they can charge that much. So. Um, yeah you know, good on them for, for doing that. But, um, when you compare, um, two different dogs, uh, and the price range is $3,000, you know, you got to ask yourself, what are you getting for that additional $3,000? If it's just the name of that breeder that you're looking for, Hey, go for it. You know, because that's really all you're getting is, is that, is that name. So, um, I think 5,000, 6,000 is, is not out of the realm if you're looking at a, a micro Pomsky that's blue-eyed and husky mark. So, or maybe a rare blue or lavender um, small puppy. I, I could see them being priced at that. But uh, anything above that um, as a pet to me is, um, is, is, is just too much. Yeah. Do you ever see scams on the high end or only on the low end? I have never seen a scam on, well, let me take that back. Not necessarily, not necessarily a scam, but I do know someone who bought a puppy under the pretense that it was a teacup size. Um, uh, and it, it was 20 pounds. It wound up being 20 pounds. So, so yes, in that aspect, that would probably be the only time you would see somebody trying to scam is if they're selling a really small dog or what they call a really small dog. Uh, and then it ended up being a, just a standard Pomsky, you know? So yes, I, I know of someone personally that that's happened to. So, um, you, you have to be very careful. And then, and what they do, they take pictures of the puppies when they're very young and they separate them and send them when they're like six weeks old. So, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's horrible, obviously to, to think that people could do that, but, uh, there are, there are some cruel people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Something to watch out for. Well, very good. Um, Thanks, Mike. I I like to do a one minute round of questions at the end of each episode. Are you up to that? I am. I love this part of it. Awesome. So what is your favorite type of Pomsky? I think you already answered this one. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm not, I'm not the micro, uh, the micro guy. I like about 18 to 22 pounds, uh, short, very stocky, extremely woolly, um, blue eyes and either gray and white or silver and white. That's to me, that's a dream. That's a dream Pomsky. Yeah. Very nice. What is your favorite attribute about the Pomsky breed? Gosh. Oh man. I, I have to tell you, I I'm sitting on my couch some days and I have s- six dogs fighting for my lap and, um, I, I gotta tell you, it's even, you know, even when you have a bad day, 
and you come home to a dog that just loves you unconditionally, um, that means the world. And, and this breed is so loving. I've heard people say my, my Pomsky won't sit on my lap, man. I'll tell you what, every Pomsky we have is a lover. They just, they fight for attention. They get jealous when the other dogs, uh, are on our laps. So that, to me, that's the, the most important aspect of them. Yeah, cool. What is one piece of advice you'd give every Pomsky owner? I guess it would kind of depend on where they are in their journey. I, I, I would say for new, for new owners, uh, I'm going to give a plug to Baxter and Bella. They're a, a training, yeah. uh, a, an online training source. Um, uh, they are phenomenal. They actually have a program that they will start when you're two weeks out from picking your puppy up. Um, and I've had a couple of owners purchase it and tell me it's phenomenal. Their, they, their dog will sit high five. Um, it, it, investing time in training your dog is the most important thing that you can do. It, inevitably we get a dog and we love on them and we play with them and, you know, but we don't discipline them and, and, and dogs want, uh, you know, they want to be the pack leader, but you have to show them that you're the pack leader and you can be firm and still be loving at the same time. So I think training uh, and training early on is, is a very, very big, uh, uh, important thing for them to do. Well, we're working with Baxter and Bell to get some discounts for our owner members and, and breeders. So, uh, yeah, great advice there. Who is someone you really look up to in the Pomsky community? I know you already mentioned Apex. Uh, any other names you want to throw out there? Yeah, this is my favorite part of your podcast because, you know, we don't get a time often enough to talk about other breeders. So uh, I'm actually going to give you a repeat customer. Um, Rachel from Golden State. I'm going to name a couple, though, because I, I want to be fair. Uh, Rachel from Golden State. Um, I think her program most mirrors mine and and. And I love how she stands behind her dogs and just her customer service. Um, and she's just the sweetest person on earth. So um, I look up to her. Um, Stephanie, who you had on uh, yeah. from Platinum Pomskis, um, talk about someone who is selfless. Um, she's given a lot for this breed and uh, she's still working hard. As you know, she's uh, part of the APKC. Um, but I will tell you, if Stephanie has a customer and they have something wrong with their dog, she doesn't hesitate. You know, I've heard so many breeders uh, complaining about dogs being returned uh, and they try to use their contract to not take the dog back. Stephanie doesn't ask any questions. If there's something wrong and the customer's not happy, she believes it's her place to take them back. So I, I believe she's had a bit, big impact on the Pomsky world. And then last and not least, uh, and these are all friends of mine too, Jennifer from Smoky Mountain Pomskys. Um, she's been around longer than I have. Uh, she, she started from the very beginning uh, and she, they've done things the right way. They came up the right way. And I respect people that started off with Huskies and Pomeranians and have done the artificial insemination and talk about customer service. Her clients, her owners just absolutely love her. And she's got a lot of repeat customers too. So those, those would be my uh, if I were doing a draft, those those three would be my top three picks and not necessarily in that order, but all, all three of them for sure. Very cool. Great breeders. Great community. I'm going to have to get uh, Jennifer and Rachel on the podcast. Oh, they would I'll, be great. I'll, I'll Absolutely. 
Yes, they would be great. Cool. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we'll have to have you back on. This has been wonderful. I, I would love it. I, 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 I could talk, as you could probably tell, about Pomskis for hours upon hours. And sometimes my wife just looks at me and she's tapping her watch like, dude, you've been on the phone for two hours. Shut up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. All right, Preston. Take care, buddy. Hey, thanks for making it to the end of this episode. We hope you got a lot of valuable information that you can apply. We know if you made it this far that you're really serious about finding and or training and raising the perfect Pomsky, and we are here to help. Go ahead and head over to our website, pomskyownersassociation.com, where you will find lots of valuable resources directly from our breeders and owners of the association, all vetted and reputable. If you have any questions, Uh, Just let us know and know that we are always here to help you find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky. Have a good day.